0: relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. (laughs) You were saying right before that you've lived in Eugene 10 years and you and Mike don't know each other. That's, I'll just say that's... (laughs) That's fucking weird. That's a
1: rarity. It's It's a rarity.
0: So it's like y'all did it on purpose.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) the funny—I've avoided avoided him this whole time. It's a good idea. It's a very good idea. When you move to Eugene, like the first six months, you're like, "Hey, what's up? What's up?" And then you realize how small the town it is, and then you're like, "All right, I got to space this out. I got to slowly but surely keep people at a distance." So I have interesting people to run into later on. But oh, it, yeah. it's, it's a vortex of a city, you
1: know, it's either you kind of like circulate on the outside or you let yourself just go right down the, the toilet bowl and you just can spin right in the center of it. <laughs> and uh, You got to know like where you want to stay
2: in this, in this town. Yeah. Well, and I, I do remember you just even a few times. I used to manage Vital Organics Northwest. There's a grow shop out. On, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember a few times you just look familiar, but then even like homies like Jesse and other people like that went home and stuff like that have always talked you up. And honestly, I just love your flower. So I know that.
1: We're actually uh, talking about Vital today. I've, I missed that store because that, <laughs> that was my CO2 refill store of choice because I have done some work up on North Eugene
2: and there's nothing up there. No, not even close. That was kind of the nice part about it back in the day-day is, you know, we had that whole side of town. You know, Constant was out in Springfield, and then West 11th was all Aqua. And yeah, now nothing on the northern side of Eugene. It's just yeah. gone. Yeah. So I worked at Aqua for two and a half years.
1: Did you really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, that was my first job upon
0: moving to Eugene. So that is another supply store correct correct it's it's the Uh, growth you guys are you guys are i just want you guys to be aware that we have listeners that live outside the eugene springfield area (laughs) so when you're just using abbreviations and cross streets
1: yeah so i i I was working at a gross shop out in Michigan. I'd gotten that job when I was still in high school actually. So I was pretty much like just turned 18 years old and Michigan had just legalized. And so I had used some of my like, I don't know, like kind of okay medical history to get a med card while in high school which was always kind of like a trip because i was always wondering like when the drug dogs come and i have weed in my backpack am i actually going to get in trouble like where is this going to like fall into play that never happened but so pretty much like right out of well while in high school i was working at this gross shop working with like all these older dudes
0: hold up hold up up, you can't casually (laughs) Mike knew it was coming. He was already looking at my square because his eyes were
2: just lighting up, and he was like,
0: "Wait, what?" Oh, because I love how cat. Like this is one of my favorite tropes of of talking to growers and people that have been in the industry for a while. Because you guys say you guys say insane things for most people, but you say it so casually that if you're not paying attention, you're like, "Wait, what was that?" So you and i we don't have to get in your medical history or whatever about that but you used that in high school oh, to to get cannabis your parents are like oh, okay i guess how <laughs> like, how is that conver- there's so many i have like so my parents get- just got a letter
1: from Michigan medical marijuana program the MMMP and they mm. were like what the fuck is this? And I was like, Oh, oh you yeah. did it without- <laughs> I got my med card. Oh they yeah. Like, that's nothing. <laughs> they were like, Oh my God. And yeah, my mom was like the head of neighborhood watch. She ran the high school prayer group. Um, <laughs> and then here's her son coming home or getting mail for his his med card and i was like all right well my friend's dad's gonna let us set up a grow tent in his attic and my dad was like you know what just grow in our basement if you're gonna grow i'd rather be in our basement than in anywhere else so upon graduating high school <laughs> and <laughs> did your dad smoke he does not but you know he I mean, in college, he you know sure. lived in a party house, did the whole fucking thing, you know, sure. selling brick yeah. weed and some blow and whatever the fuck.
0: Yeah, he was like a yeah, he's a person, so he wasn't like a isn't leading a prayer group, but he was just like he was more <laughs> I like. Think my,
1: I think my parents progressed to the prayer group.
0: <laughs> that is funny. I do. I mean, as a parent now, if the like an official letter shows up and they in and my like the teenager has went through the steps all that to do it i would be like huh i ain't mad at this this is more initiative than they've shown about a lot of stuff
2: <laughs> i think they're very spirited right now in actually getting this and i commend them you try to foster the things that they are that's, passionate about and that's the best you can do I, that's
0: what i'm that's those. you got cool parents and that's
1: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a rare situation, I feel like, compared to most of my friends at the time.
0: Outside of Humboldt County, yes, what you were talking about is very rare. In the Midwest. (laughs) Yes. In the the heart
1: of Michigan. But yeah, I mean, I would say that Michigan has had, I call it the Northwest of the Midwest. And so it had a pretty, like, progressive cannabis theme. Obviously, I think it was one of the first states that went medical and... What so time thought, okay, frame like, oh, is this? What's that?
2: What time frame is this? This oh. would have been 2010. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Let's open this out. So then you're in high school. They get the medical program going. You're all about it. And then and, you go. Hold to on. And
0: up- I just I got one more. crap sorry sorry. Okay. There's like some funny parts I have to point out where it's like. You're also taking it to school, which is like because you can. And that's really funny. And you're just kind of <laughs> like waiting for, like, man, this is going to be the best. Cause that's, I mean, yeah, as I, was a, almost, I was almost almost wanting to get caught. Oh, f- 100% <laughs> you were wanting to get caught. Like not being loud about it, but not being quiet. And it's that, that's what a teenager. Right. Like that's, that's your, is you're just finding every loophole in line in life to get away with whatever you can get it's a like constant line yeah that one was whoo I, I can't loved, believe they never got what? no one ever was like man you smell like straight up weed today because like so many of my friends would go get stoned at like lunch and stuff and then get popped because they smell like it every time yeah, I feel like,
1: I mean, this is kind of a funny topic, but I, I feel like a lot of my teachers, I was like the stoner kid, but like, I feel like a lot of my teachers knew, but I also was getting good grades. And I feel like it was one of those things where like, it was, they were just like, okay, that's just who he is, I yeah. guess. And like, what are you going to do? And what's the point of like getting a, a kid in trouble that's getting in grades that like might be smoking pot, but is still also like succeeding at in school and like was in ap classes and in blah 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 so like i don't know it i i never really got reprimanded during that time
0: so well if you're not doing anything really wrong they can't be like well this is a i mean because like my teachers or were teachers they're not anymore thank god because it's not good out there for them but <laughs> that was kind of like and i'm from a small town and tennessee so that was kind of like you know it is like well we're trying to get the best out of all these kids so Mm -hmm. we're not trying to fuck their shit up yeah the good to you like every now and then there were some asshole teachers like we had an assistant principal that that's a whole nother podcast i don't don't wish him the best i do not
2: (laughs) so Uh, you go sorry go ahead sorry
0: but that's so awesome that you got to just take i bet your friends were like this is like you did did it
2: i filled this out oh
1: it was awesome for everyone and you know (laughs) i had three friends that went in on the payment for me to even get my med card because you had to pay some like hokey doctor like 500 bucks and you know we all were just fucking high school kids with like pizza delivery jobs or whatever the fuck and we all like went in on me to be able to get my card so that we could all be growing together. And it was like this total, like, you know, pyramid scheme of friends where we were like, yeah, we're going to grow dope in the basement and <laughs> legally, y'all wanna go see legally an and in-body. then, you know, I was working at this grow shop. I had connections to know to, I had resources of how to set up a legitimate indoor grow. I had resources for genetics. I had, a really great support system and a lot of knowledge. And even even compared to a lot of growers out here, some of those growers that I was learning from at that age were so far above and beyond as far as the science of cannabis, even in 2010. And I really think that I was like trained by some of the better growers. I would say even to this day, within the United States that I have talked to. I mean, highly intelligent, really passionate growers that took me under their wing and really taught me stuff at a super young age. I mean, I wouldn't have even been able to grow cannabis within the state of Oregon at that age. That was three years before I was 21. <laughs> you know, So yeah, I, I really had a cool in and I set up just a one light grow and a grow tent with air conditioning and was running roots organics nutrients so organic right off the bat and started you know my first crop i pulled 1.85 pounds of light like that's Mm. pretty fucking insane for a first-time grower and then like i just kept kept doing that and then Mm. eventually just kind of next thing i knew at 19 i was running a warehouse and then was doing a warehouse grow and kind of just learning the ins and outs of the business and just kind of like the responsibility of all
2: of that. And then at 20 years old, I ended up getting raided. Well, you pushed it pretty far. Let's be (laughs) honest. Yeah. I was about to say, so how many lights were in that warehouse?
0: Only four. Huh? Only four. What town? Can we, can you
1: say that? Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, but I'll say at this time, pounds were going 4,200 bucks.
0: So without no oh, without I doubt but I can see where that could happen in that.
2: <laughs> Yeah so just for the listeners just because we'll do a thing he said that he worked at aqua serene when he came here in eugene and he also just mentioned that he grew with roots organics in michigan aqua serene was the first grow shop here in eugene and the owner along with some other people developed the roots organic line that's now a national line selling the nutrients all across the country when i worked at a grow shop in philadelphia they sold roots they sold Nectar, you know they sold all that stuff. So little little side quest thing. That I just wanted to point out for the listeners. Yeah. At home. So that was
1: what brought me to Eugene was because I was running Roots Organics at that age. The sales rep would come into the grow shop that I worked at. We befriended each other, and one day I was like, "What's up with Oregon?" <laughs> like I just want to move to Oregon, and yeah. then. Two days later he calls me. He's like, okay, I don't have a job at Roots for you, but I have a job at a growth shop in Eugene. And I was like, Well, what's up with Eugene? He's like, It's cooler than Grand Rapids.
2: Yes. Not <laughs> yes. by a
1: lot, but by a little. No. I would say a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. He was <laughs> like, So if you wanna if you wanna come out here, you have a job waiting for you. I'd gotten in some legal trouble in Michigan. I kind of felt like I couldn't do things the way I wanted to do things. And I knew that like the more progressive laws of Oregon was kind of like the next step in my career. So I moved to Oregon and weirdly enough, I started going to school for vineyard management because there was a part of me after the legal trouble that I was trying to get out of cannabis and was looking for other plant slash horticulture type jobs that... I don't know. I just liked growing plants, and I was like, "Okay, what's another high-valued crop?" Well, that would be wine grapes. So I started going to school up in Salem upon moving here for vineyard management. So I like weirdly know how to grow wine grapes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never pursued just... that career, but I I know a lot about wine. I don't even like wine that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little it's ever so slightly i i do like wine actually but not like not like enough to
2: make it your your career your passion your whole deal no, not enough to really hate it on some days like you a, have like a pergola
0: where you have like a some you do that as a hobby do you have you done that yet i have not done that no well, you get bored you'd be like hey, I got this up here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so to, go back, to go back real quick though, what happened when you got raided?
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask too. <laughs> oh, god, could you relive uh, your trauma for us, please? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: They came in hot and heavy, putting handcuffs. We were babysitting some friends plants that were on vacation. So we were 12 plants over our legal limit. We were allowed to have 24 plants. We had 36 and they, they rated
0: 36 took, plants. Yeah.
1: And they took, they took all the plants. We, you know, we had trim everywhere. So they took the trim. They like searched the house, blah, blah. I mean, all we had was weed. And and then they were like, yeah, we'll talk to you later. And it was about two months later. I got a phone call in the morning. Actually I woke up to probably about 20 phone calls from a bunch of friends and my roommate had gone in to pay a traffic ticket and had gotten arrested on the spot And it was found out at that time that we had a warrant out for arrest for manufacturing marijuana and maintaining a drug house. And luckily I had a really good attorney. I'd at the time went on the normal website and looked up the one attorney that they recommended for the state of Michigan. And he had written a book called like Michigan medical marijuana laws. And that was like the lawyer that I had on retainer. And thank God I did. And this was At the same time that I'd gotten a job in Oregon, had put my down payment on a place in Oregon and everything was set for me to go. And I call my attorney and he's like, if you're gonna go, like go, like right now, like today. And so I packed up my shit and was jumped town. He was like, get a hundred miles away from Michigan. They're not gonna come after you once you're a hundred miles away. It's going to be U.S. marshals because this is a felony. And if you're 100 miles away, it's a nonviolent crime. It's a drug crime. You're going to be fine. So that's that's what we did. So I, like, I bounced. I got 100 <laughs> miles away from Michigan. I was in Minnesota, I think. And then from there, it was driving out west to start a new life in Oregon.
2: Whoa. That's quite... I mean, so when I moved away from the place where I was born and raised, I was like, "I'm gonna go say goodbye to all the homies." I'm gonna get my affairs in order and everything. And you, like, because it is an emotional move, but you just woke up and were like, "Oh fuck, I gotta get the fuck out of here real quick."
1: Yeah, yeah, I I was gone. I didn't <laughs> get to say goodbye to. I got to say goodbye to like my two best friends, but that was the only goodbye that I got. Have you been back? I have been back. Yeah, I I went back and uh, dealt with it.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that's pretty grown up of you. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I went to I went to jail for a second. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but but what's what's crazy is that the laws got even more lax. In the time that I was in Oregon, which was about five years, and this was like the reason I went back was I I always told myself I was like I will go back if this charge ever has a repercussion on my life, and to get your license to start Flowersmith, they did a background check, and I was like obviously this like warrant out for manufacturing <laughs> this, marijuana. This will this will show up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I called that same attorney. I set up the whole deal. I flew to Michigan. I walked into the jail. I said, Hi, I'm Gavin and I have a warrant out for my arrest. And they were like, Okay. (laughs) How many people do that, you know? And yeah. They handcuffed me, you know, went through the whole legal process. Weirdly enough, it just got dropped to possession of marijuana and a four hundred dollar fine
0: can i ask and this is i know you probably don't have the answer but it is fascinating to me like you go turn yourself in and then they're like we're gonna handcuff you and like, i just don't think you. Right. <laughs> just eating I'm, like i re- really not i came to you guys are i don't think like that would be weird wouldn't it if i was like hey i have turned myself in so i can escape <laughs> yeah Sorry. Yeah, that's just that's no, one of no, those I mean, silly law it was Really, weird come on, it What is,
2: do you get? It? So, how many years <laughs> was this on your shoulders? And then you go back, and it's like four hundred dollar fine. Five years. How does the was, was was yeah? When we on how it was, was, like, was that on
1: your shoulders? Yeah, it was insane. I had a lot of dreams of like running from things and i would never escape and it was a constant pressure i didn't really feel like i could like get on airplanes and like go travel anywhere i knew that oregon was a non-extradition state so i was really careful not to really leave the west coast for about five years luckily i'm really into like backpacking surfing and snowboarding which is all like in this area so i was able to like keep myself sane active and like doing
2: stuff but it it sucked to be honest so well, yeah it's horrible it sounds absolutely horrible especially for a kid you know just trying to grow a plant that you were doing it's like oh shit i got 12 extra plants i'm so sorry right getting me ptsd well and that's
1: that's what i've found out about the law was that If you break any aspect of that medical law, then you lose that whole defense. So if you're allowed to grow 12 plants and have 2.5 ounces, which was the law at the time, and you had 13 plants, then all 13 plants were illegal. You were completely an illegal grower at that point. And I was just, you know, we, we were just dumb and naive and young. And I don't know, we were just babysitting a friend's plants and happened to get rated at that exact time had that not been had that not happened you know but at the same time I'm kind of thankful that it did because I think it pushed me to make a move and I wouldn't be where I am now if that hadn't have happened so it's like it sucked at the time but you know looking back I'm, I'm a like glad it it did
2: yeah wisdom
0: wisdom is like it's not intelligence wisdom is like that's why i have a lot of wisdom which is like knowledge that's beaten into you (laughs) yeah that's i wish i had more intelligence
2: than wisdom but i I wish i had more wisdom (laughs) yeah just don't worry it'll happen (laughs) well you're not even the first person that's been on this podcast who said the exact same words of oh i was young and naive and you know i thought i wouldn't get that much like we had we interviewed somebody who did eight years in federal prison you know just for cuts like he had a bunch of cuttings that he like threw on his compost pile and they used that to throw him in federal prison. And like, I think that's the hardest thing is it's just, you know, most of us are young dudes just being like, we love this. Let's go and do this. And like, they almost, do something that like a parent or an adult wouldn't do to another child. It's just be way too abrasive and way too hard on them for just being like, Oh, I just, you know, whatever. I thought it was a few plants, you know, and it's insane that people had to pay the price for that. Yeah. I didn't,
1: it didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong, you know, as far as like the state saw it, it was, I know, I mean, I've just, I have just i don't know, just living life. I've seen people do way worse stuff and get way less, you know, charges. I mean, a marijuana felony for manufacturing, which I, I love that they have to call it manufacturing.
0: Uh-huh. That's it. That term, <laughs> when you said it before, it. I was like, that term is stupid.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then I got maintaining a drug house on top uh, that- of
0: that. Just saying drug house in the laws, that's like a weird thing. Like, so, that and just sounds because, like your grandma made the law. She's like, he's living out there in a drug house. And you're like. Yeah. Oh.
1: And it was like 2,000 watt lights in a basement with 36 plants. That's That was maintaining a drug house. Oh, you mean his
0: garden? Yeah, he does. He has a garden. Yes. Yeah.
2: You know that place he goes down and enjoys his hobby at? That's maintaining a drug house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know, at least I'm maintaining it.
2: Yeah. yeah you weren't slacking. Mm-hmm. You weren't Stop slacking, slacking on those. a drug house. <laughs> it's a well-maintained one. Mom and dad <laughs> would be proud. Yeah,
0: It's also, can we just say, like, as far as, like, and I have friends that are, like, you know, I grew up with, that are like, actually decent law enforcement. Enforcement kind of people but it's all like you were they had your information already you were doing it legally and then they're like let's go check on this and then they're like hoping you're doing just looking for tiny violations so they can be like busted somebody you're like, no go bust if you're gonna bust some, the illegal pe- the, it's like go bust a drug de- like yeah well and the, that and part's they're... frustrating to me from just like a Like like you're not really doing your job as law enforcement. you know what I mean? Like that's No, not, but like when they just...
1: searched when they searched the house, they went through all of my files, paperwork, anything similar to that. I had like probably a half pound stash under my dresser that they didn't find that would have been really easy to find. I had a bunch of weed in cupboards. I mean there was weed kind of like everywhere, but they were specifically looking for money. And the reason that they're looking for money is because that's how they like fuel their department. And that's, that's what they're really there for is to just find money. And then they were like, Hey, you can turn three people in and we're not going to charge you. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> And they were like really pressing me to snitch on people, and that's and that's how they do it. They go from one person to another person to another person, and then if you don't snitch, this is why snitches happen. And I think that I got caught because someone had snitched on me, and and it's you know especially when you're young, I could see the the you're not really thinking about the long game, and you're not even thinking you know I could just see how someone could want to do that I I just that's just wasn't my personality that wasn't me as a human so I was like talk to my lawyer and and then just left so I mean but yeah I mean it's crazy that was a that was a crazy time and I'm glad it's over you know it's it's really nice to now be in a legal market where you can be like yeah I'm trying to grow cannabis and I'm trying to make a living growing cannabis, and. I'm trying to employ people and,
2: you know, it's it's about quality of life. Yeah, That's why I left New Jersey. I was like, get the fuck out of here. People live like this out in Oregon. I'm all about this. Yeah. Do you still have dreams, the same dreams? As far as running and can't get away from things? No, it went away. Yeah, just such. And that's the whole thing I don't think people realize in the war on drugs is the psychological torture and aspect of it. Like so many people we interviewed from Humboldt, you know, who talk about, you know, just any time they hear a helicopter, it could be like, you know, just the tour thing and just like how much it fucks with them and how much it's like in their I'm very happy that you're out here in Oregon doing it. I'm glad that you're still able to get a license with that, you know, on the back burner too and everything. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, in a weird way, I'm really glad it pushed me to go back and handle things and Mm. really glad that it went the way that it did. I mean, I pretty much got a slap on the wrist. I mean, it was a $400 fine, but it was five (laughs) years of like, you know, thinking about the fact that, I don't know, you never know. I mean, so it's good to be out here and it's been a, it's been a cool thing to be able to like start an actual business and to just kind of fulfill that dream.
2: Yeah. What was it like when you came here to Oregon though? What was the difference between the Oregon medical market and the Michigan?
0: Yeah. What was that first week though? That first week where you're like, all right, peace. And then you, Had you ever been to Oregon before?
1: No, I'd been to Washington. It's not the same. I lived in Washington for had years. I spent a bunch of time backpacking around Mount Rainier, so that was why I knew that I liked the Northwest. Well, it was funny because I moved into an older couple's house, and Dave was going through testicular cancer, and he was going through chemotherapy. And they had a greenhouse in their backyard, that they had cannabis growing and these are like old san fran hippies like sex commune kind of shit
0: (laughs) you said eugene you didn't have to say so
1: it was it was so eugene you know and he was going through chemo and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing and i was trying to get out of cannabis because i just kind of fled michigan And and then i move into this house and i'm like oh my god like I can't get away from cannabis. <laughs> like I even if I try because they had mentioned nothing over the phone or emails or anything about like them growing. So I of course like kind of took it upon myself to like help them and from there I kind of just like started we started just like doing greenhouse crops every year and I was working at the grow shop in Eugene. And, you know, I just, it was a simpler life. I just kind of was like sitting back, you know, growing outdoor way less stress, you know, it's pretty much, it, it does it for you. You just water the plants and that's about all you have to do. And that kind of transition to me getting it, It just transitioned to us, me and a friend getting a warehouse,
0: and it just happened. It's called it's what it's called is the Eugene process. (laughs) Yeah, and that that
1: that was the start of Flowersmith. Was we had a medical warehouse that we were just doing like small time things, and we were only like twenty three at this point, so we we were still very (laughs) very young. And then Oregon legalized. And we had been moving to a bunch of dispensaries and these dispensaries were like, if you guys get your rec license, we will buy your product. And we were like, okay, we're <laughs> going to try to get our rec license. And like, we had no investors, no fucking money. I think we started Flowersmith with about 20 grand. That was that was how FlowerSmith started. That's um, like, and for awesome. people
0: that are listening, or are like, just you know, because we're trying to appeal to across just the whole demographic of cannabis people. So, twenty thousand dollars to start a cannabis company is like, that's like eleven dollars.
2: Yeah. yeah, I, I spent thirty thousand dollars on my camera system for my first grow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm a frugal,
1: I'm a frugal motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I will penny pinch until I die. So yeah, I mean, we, we did not have much money. I mean, like maybe we had slightly more than that, but I'm like ballparking. It was probably about that amount. I mean, we, we paid to get the, our warehouse framed. We painted it ourselves. Our contractor friend who had an electrician license allowed us to like help him so instead of hiring other electricians we like ran all the wiring like bent the conduit did all of the, the stuff we yeah. put in the installation you know it was he, like we did like, you will that- get
0: electrocuted doing this but <laughs> oh, we're gonna yeah. save some money
1: We, I, I did spark a circuit breaker and I like felt like I was about to die. Yeah. We just like blood, sweat and tears, like pulled it off and it was not money that created it. It was just a drive and the lack of money was almost a good thing because it really made us like do things that we had never done before that we weren't comfortable doing. And I got to learn a lot about just like, General carpentry, general like construction, general electrical work. Like I can
2: now run electric if I wanted to. No, trust me, if I could go back right now, I would never have taken a dollar from an investor. Never once let them in the door or anything like that. Like the companies that I love the most right now seem to be the ones that and they're the ones surviving and doing the best right now are the ones who didn't take outside money and we're just like all right we gotta do it our own way and we gotta you know make this happen you know it's really making the diamond you know type of thing
0: totally that's what we're doing with this podcast to
2: we're running on no investor and dollars it is you don't have a bankroll behind you right now no (laughs) i mean Slee's musical talents is basically what we got in the bank Mm -hmm. right now but and and mike's mike's expertise and then i'm here too (laughs) he's funny he's a funny guy so um talk (laughs) Yeah, talk to us a little bit about the growing technique that you guys do over there at flowersmith it's one of my favorites
1: it's something that's kind of developed over a lot of you know my greenhouse right now we're going on about year three with the same soil so we just (laughs) mend it in between crops there's tons of worms in the soil they kind of like come up and just eat all that stuff they poop their poop has those that nutrition within it and then we're just irrigating that soil and that nutrition just goes into the soil. I know it sounds like so simple and non-scientific and
0: no, I'm doing it. Mike is teaching me how to do it in a tent and in that that I have in my thing. So it is, it's crazy how, (laughs) it's how little
1: nature invented (laughs) itself to function correctly and all you have to do is just do what nature already did.
2: <laughs> it's, it's,
1: yeah. I mean, and like, so when we like, I guess like some little <laughs> small things like we, when we prune, we put all of those leaves back on the top of the soil. The reason we do that is because it took nutrition to grow those leaves. So when we put those leaves back down, almost like it's like, as if it were a forest, it's just putting that nutrition back into the soil, like the, the worms are going to eat it. The, the microbes are going to eat it. It slowly just disappears. And it, it really is brain dead, simple stuff that we're doing. It's just a matter of doing it. And it's, it's really like a lot of the things that we like micromanage is like the amount, the moisture content of the soil, like how we irrigate, you know, we don't obviously it's like not keeping it too wet not too moist like keeping like intervals of watering i mean i i feel like i it's it's honestly so simple but it works it continues
0: to work it has Hold worked. On. he says it once again this is like a casual thing you mofo say like it's very simple and you do this thing but it's taken you since you were like a young man a long time to learn how to read like how this soil that is doing most of the work. You're right. But the way you and Mike can read what's happening is like, that takes years of, you both worked in the goddamn grow shop. So (laughs) you're it's like, I, I have to keep that in mind. And this whole like I've been just been like, don't let them nerd out, and like I do think you two should we have these things called dime bags where I get out of the way and and Mike and and a guest really nerd out, and it's for the Patreon for people that really want to listen to it, and people really want to listen to it, yeah. but like, like I just think it's funny to be like, yeah, it's the, these cycles, and you have to keep it not wet, and you have to keep it moist, and like I'm fucking that up left and right he really is it's impressive. It's, it's thank <laughs> yeah, you it yeah. is impressive because it's because like you guys are like now you're like through years of doing it it's you know how to read the thing and everything because you fucked it up for a long time it's like that's what's real and i was trying to explain i was on getting dug with high recently and I was trying to explain why Eugene was like a special place for for cannabis. And I was like, I've done the research. I've been around. The best stuff in the world is coming out of Eugene consistently. And they were like, oh, is it like the climate? And I was like, absolutely not. That has nothing to do with it. I was like, it's just <laughs> a bunch of insane motherfuckers who are just like figuring out the the purest way to grow this wonderful stuff and i benefit from it and it's and i was like and they're not healthy none of them are healthy individuals they are obsessed with this cannabis thing in a way that is not healthy and i support it i love (laughs) you lunatics and that's why it's like and then the the fact that you two have never met in 10 years it just, I think, is a testament to how weird and focused both of you get. You have met. It, it has, turns out. I'm sure you've talked to each other in the grocery shops and, like, you know, said your microbial blah, blah, blahs to each other. Like, Jack Black you know, and me. Like, That's it's. Yeah. I'm sure
1: that's... I've been in some concert setting. <laughs> or, or, I don't know. I mean, there's, yeah, I used to go out a lot. I don't go out much anymore at all. I'm kind of a
2: hermit now, but... It's the good life. You have cannabis. Why would you want to? Um, Yeah, you have a farm and a wife, and I see her (laughs) walking around in the back. But no, it's... uh, Yeah, our producer Slee said, you have definitely waited in some line together. I'm sure we've been in a line somewhere doing that, but... No, it is... It's very funny, yeah. (laughs) And that's why I tell people, it's like, especially like even... The thing I love, as far as like as the rec market grows, is I'm like, dude, I don't, I get to smoke all the greatest herb. I don't like, you know, that's the cool part of it too. It's like Eugene just has such stellar growers that it's just like, okay, I love smoking my stuff. All right, well, I'll go smoke some Flowersmith. I'll go smoke some U-green, I'll smoke some Nelsons, and going to do it all. And I love that, especially in this area everybody is really putting some time and effort into their soil and putting
0: and i just in. i want to say too like we're gonna wrap this episode up because we, we would like to bring you back because i have a feeling like there should be a part two and three to your story because it's i don't think you planned on talking about your michigan years and we did kind of <laughs> like we did we did like kind of jump you on like what happened there that sounds
1: well, but, I actually was like talking to my girl. I was like, do you feel like this is like something I should share? But at yes. the same time, it is part of my story on like why I'm here now. And yeah, so it's it's not something I'm like necessarily like, I, d- I don't share that story very often, to be completely honest. And to like know that this might go live, it's it's semi, I don't know, it's fine. I mean, it's all in the past. I don't have a warrant for my arrest
0: anymore, but I was going to ask, like, as long as you're not like a fugitive currently, I think we're cool. <laughs> no, like I'm all good now. I have on my record, I have a possession charge. So. Well, hey, I do ultimate. too. Me too. <laughs> in Idaho, an I was going to say, like, like as like I'm kind of in a similar spot where I've made mistakes. Like I used to like really party because I was like on the road a lot and drank a whole lot. And then there was like a little period where I got in trouble. And then you, like, like you, you're just kind of like, okay, I don't want to be in trouble anymore. It sucks. Cause yeah. they're so serious about it. You know what I mean? They're not like, "Hey, you're- oh yeah, it's really you're easy like-
1: to get through life and be like, <laughs> it's all good." And then you're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> like, "Oh, you guys are serious." Okay. Wow, I'm so I maintain I am maintaining a drug house. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's those yeah, where you're just like, "Oh, I guess that is what I was <laughs> well, doing, in, huh?" Yeah.
2: <laughs> in your even, eyes.
0: You know. Yeah, that is well, no, I- I've had those moments too. We're like, "Son of a bitch." Yeah. Um I'll stop. You're right. I'll stop doing that. Well, just
2: even the idea of, like, I look at the college kids right now being in the town with the U of O, and you see the college kids, and you're like, these kids look like they're fucking 12, okay? And I know most of them are, like, 22 and stuff. But, like, I just, in my mind, I'm picturing this young you know high school kid who's getting all the good grades and a p classes and stuff like that, and you're like i'm going to do the paperwork and i'm going to go about this the right way i'm not going to go and grow weed and a fucking flop house i'm not going to do this I'm passionate about this i'm going to go about it the right way and then the government comes in and does this little little fuckery of like, "Oh well, you have the right amount of plants, but then you also have these additional plants." And, like, if anything, I think the story shows that how much you love this plant, the things that you've done to try and have it in your life, and just, like, I want to do it the right way. I got in trouble, and I almost quit it and became a vineyard dude. Well, and it's I, just, like, come I on. This is who we want in the industry.
0: If we're being honest, and this is not even political. This is more societal in the way our country kind of operates So it's not political, but it kind of is. But it's like what we both learned were business lessons more than like you're a criminal and you're doing like, they were like, hey, like this is how business operates. This is who owns like, this is who has the alcohol racket. This is who's trying to squeeze like that kind of stuff where you're like, I remember when I got in trouble and you have to go find a lawyer and then you learn that, Oh man, some lawyers are not like, how do you be like, like growing up? You're like, wow, you went to law school. That's impressive. And then you grow up and you're like, wow, I guess anyone can get through law school. Cause there's a lot of terrible law, like that kind of shit. Yeah, absolutely. And then you learn like, because now you have an actual business that you, it's yours. I don't think you might have, that would have happened without those early lessons of being like, you have to find the normal lawyer. Like when I got in trouble in Idaho, I had to find the DUI lawyer. You know what I mean? Because that was the guy that could, and then you learn it's because they have relationships. They drink with this judge or they like that kind of like, yeah. And that's absolutely what I witnessed. Yes. No, it's not like I'm not, it's not like, well, that just happens in this state. You're like, that happens. That's how that game works. Like you, you realize like lawyers have to do this game. And then, so you're like, okay, because you're a kid, you're like, everything's the way they say it is. We're growing up and you're just like, I do. I'm a good and that's a bad, so I'm not going to be a bad. And then you're like, well, some is confusing as fuck. And you're like, okay. But like, I think sharing our fuck ups and I have two boys <laughs> I have a 13 year old and a three year old. So i would constantly like, I don't like hiding stuff from them, but there's like appropriate ages for them to understand who dad was and who dad has become. And I think in this industry, especially getting the word out about cannabis is like, like what you guys went through even in 2010, man, that's not, that's crazy. Like it's not 30, 40 years ago. Like that's 12 years ago. You were getting harassed. You're getting shook down. You got shook down as well. It wasn't that you didn't get rated. Let's be honest. I'll say it. You can't, I'll say it. I'll comment, but you, they shook you down. As they, were, what they, did. they were looking for money. Yeah. And that's, that was, it was, that was what the, that was
1: it essentially. Yeah, they did not. There was so much weed that was left over in the house that they they like
0: essentially should have taken. Well, that's the lesson you were saying too, and to wrap this episode up, like to the, everyone to the kids listening too. To the like kids, one of list one of the reasons I didn't I was about to start selling in college, just because it's like. I, could, I knew a dude that could get me stuff. And then I was like, there's a market for this for sure. Yeah. And then my friend didn't show up all day. We we're supposed to meet after I got out of class before I had to go to work. He didn't show up. He didn't, he wasn't there. And the next day he's like, they like, popped me in my room. I was smoking in my dorm room. I was like, why were you smoking in your dorm? I was like, you have a key to my apartment. He's like, I just woke up. I was like, I'll check, you know, it's a dumb kid.
1: I, I but, remember those days, though, where, like, my friends would do the same thing and you'd blow it through, like, a...
0: Yeah, he had the thing.
1: With, like, fabric softener.
0: Did <laughs> not work. Did not work. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so like, yeah, I've, I've been around that whole scene, and it's, it's really funny looking back, honestly.
0: He was smart. His dad was, uh, like his mom was somehow involved with law and his dad was like a lobbyist for the lumber industry. He was fun. Um, yeah. I'm sure his dad was evil on some level, but you know what I mean? But he was smart too. And he was like, man, all they wanted me to do was tell on people. He's like, but I just called my dad my dad was like, Oh, just don't say anything. He's like, we'll pay a ticket. He was like, he's like, why are you smoking a dorm? He's like, just go to your friend's apartment. And I was like, your dad's (laughs) awesome. But that's what keyed me that day when we were smoking. He was telling, he's like, all they want. He's like, I "I think that that kids just rat each other out.
1: That's how they get the next person.
0: And I was like, when he said that, I was like, oh, I can't sell weed because they'll just tell on you like that as yeah. soon as they get caught That's you're like why no, I, you like,
1: can have to be so careful of like I, I mean like not so much anymore but even so no. a little bit. like the people that you let into your circle it's like extremely i felt i mean i have to filter out so much like if i get a weird vibe or anything like that like i'm like out because i have like no new friends i know exactly and like even when i was caught i had people like really kind of just being like yo are you like are you going to do anything like asking me if I'm going to do anything? I'm like, no, I'm not going to like, I literally was just like, talk to my lawyer and not everyone goes that route. No. Like, well, they don't know like, they can't either. That's why there's a rap song called snitches and rats. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because <laughs> it's Snitches get ditches and whatever, you know, I'm not going to like go down like this, like trap thing, but like it's, it's so true. It's just like, being real to it and respecting people's passions and respecting the fact that there's like a code and the code needs to be respected, even within the recreational market, everything's legal, but like you can definitely tell certain people are like from that past and certain people aren't. And it's so apparent. And I prefer to do business and work with people that kind of like, remember that code, even if it's not as, imperative as it once was it's still just something that i find that i vibe with people that kind of like understand that stuff and
0: it's i i can i get away with like i'm oddly accepted into it like in a not in the inner circle but in the peripheral because it it's a farmer's coat, and i come from cattle farmers so there is this like the the people that like it's like a calling it's not like a, yeah, well, I like cannabis, and it's like, hey, I moved to Oregon, and these hippies I live with, like this shit is part of me. Like it's a call to like, like it's why I do stand up. Like it's not a smart way to make money, but it's, <laughs> it's just like it's I'm called to everything about it. I'm pretty, I'm meant to do. So it's like fuck, I have to do this, and the same with this. So I think that that's that code. Like, sure, there's an outlaw element to it, but that's not what people think. That's not the sexy thing people view it like. That element is it. It's still around, but not in the kind of. It's more like this is a stupid way to do
2: it. So we're going to do it our way, which is like, and you went back to Michigan to deal with a warrant so that you could have this company right now. So yes, there's tons of brand new people coming in and people trying to be about it, but they haven't what you did to be here in this market. So that is also something where it's like, yeah, if you don't know, if you haven't done the time in this industry previously, I'm not going to vibe with you so well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been hard
1: to kind of just watch people come in to something all trendy and new specifically it was more when it first started when Oregon first legalized So we were like right. people were just came out of the woodworks and they were like oh yeah I'm like a cannabis consultant and I'm a cannabis this and that and I'm like what the fuck like what actual knowledge or experience or anything do you have and it's just it's just been a it's just been an interesting transition as, as things have gone on and the market has fluctuated and prices have changed and it's gotten a little bit less glitz and glam i've seen those people kind of just like go away and i don't and it's kind of gotten down to a little bit more of like the hardcore people that were here from the very beginning and i like that in a certain way. It's the filtering process has been really hard. We've had to adapt a lot, but I, I do feel like the industry is changing to a point where it's going to be the people that have the passion, that have the knowledge, that have the experience and have the skills. They're going to be the ones that stick around. I've just seen it for over, you know, how long have we been legal, like six years, seven years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's happening in front of our eyes and so it's like that's why you got like you green focus north like nelson you know you have these people that have been around forever they're still around yeah. how many fly-by-night companies have you seen come in all hot and heavy and then out of nowhere they fucking like just on
2: yeah yeah and that's the fun thing too and you know you being somebody who worked at aqua serene me at vital all these people i've met through the grow shops they've all been there they've all been coming in the whole time and it's just like yeah we we'll continue yeah thank you so much for your time we greatly appreciate you and i'm a, a big fan of your flower i didn't
0: like mike has introduced me to like the some of the top brands when i come to eugene and yeah when you got i was trying not to trying to be cool about earlier but when he said <laughs> what you the name of your company i was like oh shit yeah, yeah. so if i'll be up there in the next weekend actually if you guys cool. if you're around i know you're a hermit i am t- but when i leave i'm like when i get out of the house
2: i'm like hey let's talk to people Billy really will be here for the cowboy glass show in the wet so i think okay all the homeless will be you don't there, have to so.
0: go eat dinner somewhere else or something and um, to be there but thank you again thank you so much for your time big yeah. fan and your story's incredible thank you for sharing i know that i'm i'm a comedian so i try to make money every time i'm arrested i'm in the <laughs> i'm in the black now after yeah. years of telling the story so
1: you've made money more than you've spent on fines
0: <laughs> you have to spend money on lawyers and fines and shit and then and then I, I, I told the story and I've sold some records, about with the story. So like now made more than I had to spend on it. My mom does not like when I bring that up at all. <laughs> He's like, I just wish, I just wish that you just wouldn't, you would have learned your lesson in a different way. Dad's like, yeah, you made money on it. That's cool.
1: <laughs> you know, I think sometimes you have to have some time behind bars to really, know how to change the way you're doing things. It's not that you actually make a change. You just learn how to do it better.
0: <laughs> that is a change. That is an important change. You are change. I always say this to people too, is jail works. And if it doesn't, you're going back. Just like, but yeah. to me, the first night I spent in jail, I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm not going, I'm not doing that again. That is not. Yep.
1: Uh-uh yeah I didn't stop growing uh-huh. cannabis I just changed the way I did it oh <laughs>
2: uh-huh. yeah I didn't so, stop eating mm. I did it's a great school jail's a great school <laughs> but yeah go, go out and buy yeah, some flowers if you're in Oregon hell yeah well if you guys want to come to the farm you're more than welcome <gasps> I will well, I do want I to I have like us. eight questions I haven't asked you on this podcast right?